Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. Joining us once again, and more than a pleasure to have back on the program, is president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. They're a partnership established by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers Union. Scott and Paul is our guest. And Scott has, with the AAM, has worked really hard to make American manufacturing a top-of-mind issue for you and for me, for voters, for our national leaders as well. And they've done it through effective advocacy, innovative research, and a savvy PR strategy. More than a pleasure to have back in the program, Scott and Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Uh, I, I want, you know, you and I will in this hour, and we've talked in the past about negatives with regard to manufacturing. We're going to talk about what happened this month in September where American manufacturers got crushed. We're going to talk about how American manufacturing is, for all intents and purposes, in a recession. And we're also going to talk about how manufacturing's on the slide even, and it continues uh, right now as we speak, in China, at least looking back over the past month or so. But there are some good things. One, tomorrow is Manufacturing Day. And I, I don't, I'm so glad you're on the show today, uh, Scott. I know about this because I care a lot about manufacturing, and, and most Americans, I think, do care a lot about manufacturing, whether they're in the business or they just reap the benefits in our nation, which we all do with our infrastructure, which is badly in need of repair, and the list goes on. But manufacturing is definitely a place historically where America has has been numero uno, and I believe we can uh, to get uh, again. And tomorrow, uh, Manufacturing Day, the celebration of that, I think it's important for us to remind ourselves we have things to fix, but there are things that have been accomplished and things are changing. Um, you brought to mind a, a company called Shinola, and I know that you're co-hosting a party with them. And uh, did you want to – we have a, a video that we're playing the audio of here on the program today. And, and this is definitely something that is good because we constantly talk about people leaving certain cities or states. One city is Detroit. Uh, certainly in the great state of Michigan. And this is an example of bringing jobs back to uh, formerly, one could argue, I think, the manufacturing epicenter, in a, in a positive way, though, of the world. Scott? Yeah, yeah, and I think that it'll be great for your listeners to to hear this story because it is so unlikely, right? I mean, you would be yes. like luxury watches uh, you know, where do you think? You think Switzerland, Rolex, whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, and who's betting on Detroit? But the founders of Shinola had a vision, and I think everybody has heard the word Shinola before. I can't yep. say the other part of that. Phrase, <laughs> but, but it's been around, and it, it used to be a, a, uh, uh, a shoe leather polish. And 
um, which which went out of business. And so these founders actually bought the trademark, bought the rights to the name, and um, started making pretty amazing things in Detroit at a time when not, me, not not many people were betting on it, and it's just taken off. And so this is why I just want to share this story, you know, this kind of gritty, uh, determined bunch of folks uh, and these great workers. You know, these goods are now sold in boutiques in, like, Soho in New York City. They just opened a store uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, in, in the kind of the trendiest area uh, of, of the city. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's going to be nice to go over there tonight, and, uh, and we're having a conversation uh, with the founders of Shinola, with Senator Stabenow from Michigan, uh, with the U.S. Secretary of Labor, Tom Perez, uh, and, and folks about what is possible. Um, and we know there's a lot of odds to overcome. But what is possible with the right amount of grit and determination uh, and ingenuity and a great product and, and a strong belief uh, in Made in America? It is a great story. A, a, a conversation I had with uh, uh, Leo, our friend Leo Gerard, president of the Steelworkers, a few weeks ago, and he said, yeah, you know, Steelworkers once made Bulova watches, but that was decades ago, and that was offshore a long time ago. And so, you know, to, to think that you could put together a supply chain, and this is what I think a, a lot of people uh, may not understand about manufacturing. I mean, you end up with the end result if you're a consumer, whether it's a car, a washing machine, a watch, or a bicycle, or whatever. But when you when you take that part, you realize all the stuff that goes into it, and 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 that comes from all over the United States. And, and what makes me really really excited about Shinola is that they have been committed to sourcing from the U.S. So they find all these suppliers uh, that may be outside of Detroit. They may be as far as California, and they've they've created a supply chain to make watches here. And and it's like it is the mo- imagine pitching that on Shark Tank and seeing what the response would be from those guys, Leslie. It would be like, "Are you crazy? Right. You could never do that." Right. And, and not only have they, and, and somebody would say, "I don't like the name." <laughs> right. Somebody would say, "I don't. Yeah, I love the name." Not, I don't like the name. Yeah, I love the name personally. Yeah, that's right. And then so successful, and and they have orders upon orders, and their their sales have gone up every year. And certainly they've caught the attention and the imagination, but just goes to show that with a smart plan, and if you believe, if you believe in, in American workers, uh, that you can put out a product that people are going to respond to. And again, these, these are not cheap watches. If you look at the website, they'll see, you'll see that these are, these are really nice goods, uh, but they're durable, they're strong, uh, and I love it as a status symbol, and I love it that it's an American brand that is a status symbol and not necessarily a Ferrari or a Rolex or something like that, but it's something that is actually genuinely made in America, and not only made in America, made in Detroit, which properly suffered more damage from deindustrialization than any other place and, uh, in and, our country and I think, over the last three decades. I think it's going to benefit them. We're going to take a break. We are back on Leslie Marshall, Scott Paul, president of the AAM, and here is that audio we wanted to play you for Tomorrow Manufacturing Day regarding the new company, Shinola. What is Shinola? It's quite simple. We're making watches in Detroit, bringing manufacturing back to our country in a very small way. 
uh, and doing it in Detroit. Why uh, Detroit? Well, Detroit, if you look at the landscape of the United States and you think about making motors, right? We're making motors. Our motors power our watches. So they're quartz movements that are inside of our watches. And so when we were looking to, to manufacture motors in the U.S., where better to go than the Motor City? And then the people in Detroit. You know, when we first started going to Detroit and visiting with people and telling people about the vision and the idea, the concept of Shinola, the community really gave us the big old bear hug. And uh, it was very evident that they wanted to help. And, uh, and we needed help. It was a mutually uh, beneficial relationship. It was indeed, yeah. And it's been incredible. It's really been about... Not, not what Shinola's done for Detroit, but what Detroit has done for Shinola has been incredible. It's been fabulous. And when you first started there, Detroit has become a major hub for a lot of startups now. But sure. when you first went there, there weren't that many startups there. It there wasn't a, a hot place to be. No, there weren't a ton. And actually, I heard this morning on the radio as I was coming to town that Detroit has surpassed Ann Arbor in the number of VCs that are investing in that city, or in, wow. those, in between those two cities. And Ann Arbor was a big hub for investment uh, and, and VC activity uh, in the state of Michigan. And, and, and Detroit has now surpassed uh, Ann Arbor, which is exciting. Sure, and, and for those who, who aren't as familiar with Michigan, Ann Arbor is where the University of Michigan is based, Indeed. and they have a great business school. So to say that Detroit has now surpassed them, Very that's exciting. a big deal. Yeah. And you know, all the hustle and bustle about Detroit is real. There's a lot of good happening in that city today. And, uh, and that's what we're focused on at Shinola is the good that's happening in Detroit. And, and, you know, how we're moving the ball down the field there together as a collective in that city is very exciting. What does a startup get if they go to Detroit for the startups up there who are thinking, where do we go? Where is a vibrant community? What do they get from being in Detroit? Well, they get, you know, number one, they, they, they have an incredible talent pool. People are there. People are in Detroit. People want to work in Detroit. So you have that 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 microcosm of people that that want to work and they want to be part of something bigger. You have organizations like the Detroit Economic Growth Corporation uh, that are there to help, whether it's with incentives um, from from a tax perspective uh, to help you navigate that. Uh, then you have guys like Dan Gilbert who are in town who have. His, loans. Exactly. Um, but then Dan has, you know, a thousand other yes, businesses, and, businesses. Indeed. And, uh, you know, so you have guys like that that are there to help, that have organizations that are there and prepared to to, 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 to assist startups in, in getting going and getting off the ground. So you have everything you need is, is in Detroit. I've been doing a handful of coverage on the Apple Watch. Sure. Highly anticipated. And I wonder inside of Shinola, have you guys talked about it? The fact that you have this competitor maybe appealing to similar consumers sure. that wasn't there before when you started? Yeah, our talk about it was that, you know, we, we make a watch that's so smart it can tell you the time just by looking at it. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was well, our take on the... Uh, what you do you can't do about text that? on it. No, but you have a device in your pocket that you can text on. So, you know, this one is just a handy one that, that uh, has a battery life that's a little bit longer than 18 hours, um, you know, unlike the Apple Watch. But, you know, look, we, we love what Apple is doing, and, and they're an incredible company, and they've actually made a lot of noise for the watch industry, and the watch industry could use a lot that's of noise. That's interesting. So, whereas people used to think, oh, I, need my, I have my smartphone, yep. why would I wear a watch? Watches are coming back into vogue. Watches are very much in vogue, and, and we see that at Shinola. It's, uh, it's been an incredible adventure so far with the company. 
uh, you know, in, in the making two years. We're the only watch guys in the industry that offer a lifetime guarantee on all of our products. Uh, so all of our watches come with a lifetime guarantee. It's the best guarantee in the industry. So it says a lot about what we're doing in Detroit. It says a lot about what we're able to produce in Detroit, watches at the highest possible levels of quality that, that the industry adheres to. The price range is somewhere in the 600 Average to is about 650. 650. Yep, yep, so you're looking at about 475 all the way up to 1500. For those who say it can't be done, you cannot manufacture a high-tech product here in the United States, what do you say? Say not true. Everything is possible in this country. Look at what we built here in this country. Look at the foundation of this country. In Detroit, they're still making cars. Cars aren't easy things to make. And, you know, if you look around the country and the landscape in general, you know, we today are making all of our hardware for our leather goods is made out of stainless steel. Typically, when you buy a bag today, it's brass that's plated. So the hardware is brass that's plated on your bag. And today, we're making our stainless steel components and hardware for all of our leather goods in the United States, and we're making it cheaper than what we can make it for over in China. Shinola is expanding all over this country. Indeed. You're also expanding into new products outside yep. of watches. What will your company look like in five years? Well, you know, today we, uh, we have plans to open about seven to eight new stores every year. Um, we have a lot of exciting product categories that we're looking at uh, bringing to life here in the United States. And, um, you know, we, we, we hope to continue creating jobs and creating great jobs in Detroit and, and around the country for that matter. So, you know, it'll be bigger and, and, and uh, with, with a continued focus on, on quality and producing quality goods. What has been the most difficult barrier to overcome since the launch of the company? Well, the most difficult barrier to overcome has, has been, you know, continuing to innovate. We have got to continue innovating at Shinola. We've done a very good job of it, but you know, you run into roadblocks here and there and when you're trying to innovate, when you're trying to be at the forefront of manufacturing in this country. And, uh, and so you, know, you run into people telling you no. And uh, fortunately, Shinola, we don't take uh, we, we we don't have that two letter word in our in our vocabulary there. So. No isn't in the Shinola. No vocabulary. is not in the Shinola. So vocabulary. how do you get past no? What what's the secret? Well, there's you know ducking and diving. There's jumping. No, there's it's people. It's people. It's having an incredible team of people that we work with at Shinola who are on that same mission, and that's to get things done and to create and innovate here in this country. Jacques Bunny, so nice to meet you. Megan, thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate uh, just uh, just awesome, and one uh, example, and hopefully many, many more to come. Scott and Paul's our guest, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Scott, we're going to take a break because we did play that. And after the break, I want to talk a little bit about what that means. Obviously, it means more jobs for the people of Detroit. It means yet another uh, great product made in the USA. And quite frankly, although I'm not a watch person, I know friends that spend two to three times that on watches, and they're not rich folks, 600 and something for a uh, a nice, a very nice watch is uh, something I think a lot of people spend that are business people. But we'll be back to talk about what this means and how symbolic it is as tomorrow's MFG Day, Manufacturing Day. We'll talk more right here on the only true democracy in talk radio. Pick up the phone and join us, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Follow Scott on Twitter, at ScottPaulAAM, and go to their site, AmericanManufacturing.org.
Welcome back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Scott Paul. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy and Talk Radio. Scott and Paul, as you should know by now if you're regular, and if you're new, well, he is the president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Scott, thank you for holding Welcome Back. Tomorrow is MFG Day, Manufacturing Day, and uh, you're co-hosting a party with Shinola tonight. We just heard about that new uh, company that is bringing their product and manufacturing of that product uh, to Detroit, and it will be and is already being sold and distributed uh, throughout the nation, and I'm sure worldwide as well. Um, t- tell us why this is significant for people. You know, it, look, obviously this creates jobs. Obviously this is making a really top quality product in the United States, American-made. It's so nice to see made in America, made in the USA on a product, especially a product like this. In addition to that, those two items, which are, you know, the the givens, what are the reasons, you know, can give our listeners as to why this is such a good thing and what this could lead to with other companies? Because it's like the dance floor thing, isn't it, Scott? It's sort of like, well, that couple got out and danced. We will, too. I, I like the way you put that because I, I think a lot of folks like to imagine corporate America and all of this being like these great innovative thinkers, but a lot of it is, is copycat. And if some, someone establishes proof of concept, others will, will move in and do the same thing. And this is what happened in reverse, you know, over the last couple of decades is that the pioneers of outsourcing, try, you know, moved operations to – Mexico and China and Taiwan and other places, and then everybody did, and and then that's what shareholders and investors came to inspect came to expect. So I, I like Shinola's example for all the reasons that you cited and that Jacques cited in the uh, in, in the audio clip, uh, and and also for this that it completely defies conventional wisdom. Like, you, you know this and I know this. We talk to people all the time who say, well, I just cannot find things that are made in America. Right? Right, I, mean, I, right. I hear that every day. Yet, yet here is a good that you would think is highly unlikely to ever be made in America, and they're expanding their brand not only all over the country but all over the world, and, and there's, a, there's a demand for it. And then I think the the second thing, and and, and uh, Jacques alluded to this in the in, in the audio clip as well, is that it it is uh, Detroit. You know, America. We are, we are good at manufacturing. I mean, we know how to do it. You think about all the way back to World War II when we ramped. Uh, all the military production, and we're churning out planes and battleships and all of that. And it was the Rosie the Riveters who were doing it. It's just, it's, it's almost like it's in our DNA. And if someone would give us the chance to do it again, we could get it done. And so I'd love to see thousands of Shinola-like companies flower up, and I think that they would flourish. And, and part of it, and, and this is the thing, is that it does take that outlier. It takes that pioneer uh, like Shinola uh, to, I think, change not only public opinion and conventional wisdom, but to get all the, uh, all the accountants at these, at these big multinational companies to look at their balance sheets and say, yeah, you know what, if we actually – gave our workers a chance in America, or if we brought some production back, uh, we could potentially even do it uh, for a less expensive 
rate than we do it in China because we have fewer shipping costs, we'll have fewer uh, quality problems, we don't have to worry about political instability uh, and, and all these other factors. And, and so, but, but it's really taking that first step, and that's true with a lot of things uh, that, that I think is difficult, but we, we are seeing it more and more. And so while we, we, we both acknowledge, I think, that there are lots of problems uh, in manufacturing today and that, that we're not at a, 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 a healthy uh, position yet. Um, there is reason to be hopeful, and there are examples of, of how we can get it done. And this is a, a shining example, no pun intended there, but, uh, you know, it, it, it truly is. I like what he said in the um, interview also about people. It's about people, because when it comes down to it, that's what it's about, Scott. I mean, when you put forth a product, and, and look at the products that really have lasted, quality products throughout the years, um, and you know, especially made in America products, although difficult to find, there is an association that, you know, the people who, um, you know, I'm going to give you a made in America um, example, which is L.L. Bean, okay? And um, I don't know if they uh, make some of their products elsewhere, but this was a family-run business, and they weren't going to get sucked into what other companies were doing necessarily. They were going to keep the quality. Uh, they were going to keep it a very family-type run business as it started uh, through two generations, that type of thing. And, and, and the reason I use that as an example, um, and I'm not you know pushing that company or anything, but again, to the point of people, there are people and families a part of the manufacturing of products made in the United States. It goes beyond just a label and what it says and what country it is from. Because in the United States, we don't have that sweatshop mentality. In the United States, we have regulations we have workers that are going to be paid a decent wage and have benefits thanks uh, to the unions and representatives who stand in the gap on their behalf. So it is about people, and it is a relationship, isn't it? I mean, when you think about something you really love that you have to have and you buy again and again and again, a Made in America product that you have to have, it, it it's an investment, but not just in the product, but what goes into that product. And again, it comes down to the people. The people is the person consuming it. The, 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 the people are the, uh, the individuals that are putting it out. So it, it is a relationship, isn't it? I mean, that's why some people are so loyal to one car company. Uh, they, it, they, it, they, they won't veer from that because it is a relationship person to person from the person that starts with the parts to make it to the person that per- sells it and to the person that drives it. It's all about those relationships, and at every step along the way, they, were, they are incredibly valuable. One of the things I like about Shinola is that they, they went into a very distressed community where, you know, people were, are leaving. As you know, I mean, you know, Detroit depopulated yes. and deindustrialized, and uh, they, they took, uh, they, they, they went into communities uh, that had a lot of disadvantaged kids, and they invested in training. I mean, it takes some skill to put together a, uh, a, a master-crafted watch or a bicycle, and it takes some specific skills, uh, and it takes welding, and it takes other things like that. Uh, but they made the investment in the workforce, and it shows in the quality. And, and you, you see that with every product. I mean, you know the stuff that's going to fall apart after you use it a couple of times, uh, and, and you know the stuff that's going to that's going to be there for you. And so I think that's something that will draw China, draw customers back to Shinola as well. It feels like, oh my God, I have this watch. Not only it looks beautiful, it's incredibly reliable, and um, 
they will they have lifetime guarantees, but they're going to buy them for their friends and their and their colleagues and what have you. And obviously, word has spread because their orders have you know sailed they, they, and soared uh, over the last couple of years, and and it's it's looking up. Well, you know, when I think about, um, you know, and and I, 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 I'm just going to say this. I'm going to let it come out. There's no PC here, okay? Um, there is a whole community of musicians, many of which hail from or have family from Detroit, and, and that's a lot of people in the hip-hop community. And I say that because they love their bling. They like their fancy, you know, watches. They, you know, they like, you know, the necklaces, the stuff, all the guys that I've met out here in Los Angeles. Um, you know, that's part of the persona of the entertainer, in, especially in the hip-hop uh, industry. And I was thinking, how many people are going to go, dude, why would you buy something made in Switzerland or you know, in Geneva, Switzerland, or in like Tokyo, Japan, when you can get something from our own hood, from Detroit, from our own country, from our own city? So I, I honestly think they're going to do, and they're already, but I think they're going to continue to do very well and that that will improve. Yeah, I th- I think you're right. And look, it, the Shinola, it's a conversation piece, and it's become a political conversation piece. There was a story a couple months ago where Bill Clinton discovered the Shinola brand, and he bought a couple dozen of the watches uh, to, to give away to friends, right, as, as gifts. And it turns out that like the Republicans criticized him for buying all these luxury watches without. Going and getting the backstory about what or anything like that, so oh, wow. so they kind of had to eat a little crow on that. Uh, but but it shows the popular. I mean, people love the story, and and no one is going to give Shinola charity, right? I mean, no one's going to give them charity. I mean, you're you're going to because you're laying down, you know, a, a couple hundred bucks for a watch, and and you're not going to do that uh, as a as out of an act of of, of charity. You, you want something, and you want something that you're going to be. Be proud of, or that you're gonna is gonna give you a lot of joy to to give it to to a loved one, and that's exactly what is happening all across America, from hip hop to country and Bill Clinton to I imagine there's a lot of conservatives that like them as well. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about there's a jobs report coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow, even more important, that is Manufacturing Day, MFG Day. Um, but we're also going to talk about the state of manufacturing in America with Scott when we return. Don't go away. You want to join us? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Back after this. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6LESLIE. president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Scott, before uh, we talk about um, tomorrow, not just the numbers coming out, the uh, job report, uh, but MFG Day, Manufacturing Day, and the reality of where manufacturing stands in America, certainly not where we want it to be. Uh, let's take some calls, and we start off on line two in Ithaca, Ithaca, New York, with Helen. Hi, Helen. Hi, good afternoon. Welcome. Question or comment for our guest, Scott Paul. Oh, hi. Good afternoon, Leslie and Scott. Um, 
I know, Leslie, you, you had blood on this issue of we need to get some jobs back here and manufacturing back here in the United States. Um, you know, we can't keep being a service economy and a Wall Street economy that's not working, obviously. But I wanted to um, see what you and your guests wanted to say about um, all right, Richard Reich, who is the uh, Secretary of Labor under Clinton. He just came out with a book. It just came out like two days ago. It's called um, Saving Are you talking Capitalism. about Robert, Robert Reich? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, Robert. Who? I said Richard, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Saving Capitalism, if you wanted to get him on uh, to... Um, Actually, we are planning to get him on because his people pitched his uh, book. Yes, yeah, he's pitching his book right now. And Steve Frazier, um, he just, well, he didn't show up. I think it was in March. He came out with The Age of Acquiescence, which is like why we were such fighters back in the 20s, 30s, even the 1880s, and now everyone is so complacent and we're just like a bunch of dummies and we don't know what to do. You know, like workers have to, but but he, he left it with like, uh, it was a, a good, like, um, uh, dream, or, you know, that, that between the Occupy movement and the Black Lives Matter and uh, people like standing up for the rights to work for uh, fast food, like that people are starting to realize that, uh, hey, you know, this, this, is, this is really bad and we've got to get together and realize and do something and, and um, uh, you know, I, I think that things are starting to look up. Uh, Scott? Yeah, I, I think Helen raises some really important points, one of which is, is about the complacency. And, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of answers to that. We're, we're in a very distracted, uh, uh, technology-heavy society, and, you know, a lot of consumer goods are pretty cheap, and, you know, we get lulled into that kind of complacency. Uh, and it's only when we face the turmoil of a recession or something like that that we're kind of – uh, awake and, and you see this, and I look at the, the, these populist movements, and you rightly pointed out Black Lives Matter and Occupy Wall Street, and, but you, you saw it on the right too. I mean, you see, uh, you see the Tea Party and, and what that is doing uh, to the party. That you see who you know, two of the unlikely contenders in the polls today, uh, and, and of course that could change two weeks from now. But like Bernie Sanders and and. Donald Trump and and the outsider is in at least right now and it, it it that tells me that the American people and voters in particular are are really dissatisfied with what's happening with what's not happening and I think a lot of that goes back to the fact that there is uh, a lot of uh, insecurity and economic insecurity and the middle class has been hollowed out uh, and and that's you know, I think that's the underpinning of some of the conversation that Leslie and I have been having today is that, you know, we need to rebuild it. And rebuilding it, uh, manufacturing isn't the only answer, but it's one of the essential ingredients to getting it back. Yeah, amen. Uh, I totally agree. And I hope we keep the momentum going to Election Day and we get something accomplished. All right, Helen, thank you very much. Let's take some more calls, and we go to New Mexico Line 3 with Chris next. Chris, uh, you have a question. I think more so you wanted to present and propose an idea. Yeah, the the idea that I have is basically the American Worker Incentive Program, where businesses would be um, tasked with hiring American workers for new businesses here in the United States, and being paid back in tax credits 
for, uh, you know, for a, uh, I'm sorry, a living wage job would be one credit, a medical uh, insurance would be another, a retirement insurance would be another, um, and companies could actually build up credits. Um, it would be a way to <laughs> lower their taxes, and I don't see how Congress, our, our Congress, our Republican Congress, could vote against that. Scott? Yeah, you know, the tax incentives is something that, that uh, a lot of folks have proposed. And, in fact, there have been proposals from, I recall, Senator Warner, I think uh, a, Repo- a Democrat from Virginia, Senator Stabenow, a Democrat from Michigan, to actually, you know, comp- comp- companies would get a tax break for bringing jobs back from overseas. They would get a, you know, a tax credit to workers. And so it is a popular idea, and I actually think President Obama has uh, in general, spoken in favor of, of something uh, along those lines. Uh, I think the challenge is when you look at the players in the tax debate and, you know, Wall Street and the retailers, uh, they, they just want a tax break for themselves. And so we have to do battle. But I think it's a great idea to provide those kinds of incentives because, as we know, companies respond to incentives just like everybody else does. All right. Thank you, Chris, for the call and for the idea. Let's also, in New Mexico, we stay in New Mexico, uh, but let's go to line four. Is it Toll or Tole is joining us? It's Paul from Taos. Hey, Toll from Taos in New Mexico. Hi, Toll. How you doing? Question or comment for our guest, no, Scott Paul? Paul. P-A-U-L, like say oh, Paul. Paul, Paul in New Mexico. Sorry, from they Taos. renamed you Toll, which I've never heard. But I know. Any, anyway, right. Paul, uh, yes, what's, what's up? Love this topic. Fantastic show. I'd like to, there's a few points, but in particular is uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on the, the effects of TPP. And, you know, earlier you just spoke about Republican, um, you know, opposition. It's really not a Republican-Democrat thing. I think it's a corporatist thing. And you have progressives and you have corporatists. I mean, just look at the TPP. It was, a, it was an unholy alliance between all Republicans and our president, Barack Obama. Uh, Scott? Yeah, I, you know, Paul, it's a, uh, and I, I empathize with the name confusion, believe me, I have two first names, so <laughs> that, that happens That happens to me at least 50% of the time, but Leslie yeah. always hits a home run on it. Um, the, uh, on, on I, I tell you, on, on the TPP, I think you're right, and, and a lot of folks don't appreciate this. When, it, when, when the media tees up the TPP at the end of the day, it's like, oh, it's, it's the Democrats are taking on the president, and the, he's with the Republicans. And that's partially true. If you look at, but if you look at voter preference, uh, there are a lot of Republican voters who don't like the idea of a TPP. There are a lot of Democratic voters who don't like the idea of a TPP. There are a lot of independent voters, and there's, there's not much space between them. Uh, and and you do have a block of Republican opposition to it, and you even have some company opposition to it. You have, I mean, there, there are some, some car companies in the United States that are very concerned about giving Japan more access to our market without, without necessarily getting anything in return. So I think there's a lot of questions that have to be answered about it, and the negotiations on the TPP are taking place right now in Atlanta, Georgia. They're trying to wrap this up, and, and so I think a lot of voices are trying to get heard about this, but you're right, there is, there is bipartisan support for it, but there's also bipartisan concern. And, and we will we'll see what the negotiators come up with, but I'm not holding my breath. 
that they're going to deal with any of the issues that concern me as an advocate for Made in America uh, and American workers uh, enough that, that that's going to get me in a position to support something like that. Okay. Um, thank you for your uh, calls. And, while well, Scott, we are out of time, so we get all the good news today. We'll talk bad news, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll see some good news with the jobs report, especially in the area of manufacturing. More than a pleasure to always have back on the program a good friend of the program and mine as well, Scott and Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Paul AAM. Also follow at Keep It Made in USA, as we should, folks, their website, AmericanManufacturing.org. How does one frame a masterpiece? If it's a painting, some wood and gold leaf will do. But what about a masterpiece of the edible variety? Like Boar's Head Oven Gold Turkey. Crafted from a family recipe, seasoned with savory spices and then slow roasted until it's fork tender and brimming with flavor. So, what could frame such a masterpiece? Perhaps a little bread would do. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. <laughs> 